Thanks for listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry, here to help educate, motivate, and put you on the right path to take control of your health through weekly discussions on topics in the medical field, public health arena, and in your community. And now your host, Dr. Barry. And welcome to another episode of the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. I'm your host, Dr. Barry Pierre, favorite board certified internist, host of the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry, your number one podcast for patient advocacy, helping you empower yourself for better health. This week, we bring you episode 97, where we talk about the racial disparities in cancer and why we really shouldn't be happy uh, that it's getting better uh, because it's not really even, right? And if any of you have been affected by cancer, any of you have family members affected by cancer, um, this is definitely an episode you're going to want to listen to because uh, most recently we had a study published that said like, hey, uh, cancer rates are getting better amongst African-American communities. And my first question was, why was it bad in the first place, right? So we're going to talk today's episode about why was it so bad in the first place. Now we are going to point out some highlights of the study because again it is good news to know that it isn't worsening right like because that's always the flip side of it like you could read a study that says like hey racial disparities and cancer are getting worse um and fortunately for us it's not the case so we're going to talk about why it's not the case what were some of the biggest driving factors associated with getting some of our disparities uh, disparities a little bit better uh, than what has been in the past but what we really need to do as physicians, as patients, as patient advocates for our family members and our friends uh, to make sure that one day we can say like, hey, there are no racial disparities associated with cancer, right? Like that's the goal, right? I hope uh, for, for most, right? That one day we can say, you know what? There are zero disparities associated with cancer here in the United States, especially with care, especially with uh, prevalence, especially with death rates. So um, like always, if you want my show notes, head over to lunchlearnpod.com and head over to episode 97. Uh, you'll get uh, the show notes as well as you get um, access to a few links, especially to uh, the study that I'm going to be talking about on today's study. So you guys have a great and blessed day and get ready for another amazing episode here on the Lunch Learn with Dr. Bay. This episode is brought to you by the Lunch and Learn Community Store, where we are living out the motto, empower yourself for better health. In the Lunch and Learn Community Store, you can get your favorite t-shirts, ebooks, as well as other related products by Dr. Barry. Head over to shop.drpiersblog.com and get a chance to get 10% off your first purchase by using the coupon code EMPOWER10. Again, shop.drpiersblog.com. Live out the motto, empower yourself for better health. So I'm going to be a little bit glass half empty on some amazing news we heard last week, but I'm going to be glass half empty because I feel like someone has to be it. So last week, last Friday, last Thursday, Friday, I believe, um, I started getting a couple uh, posts in my inbox and started seeing some posts online uh, with, with the title, Racial Disparities and U.S. Cancer Deaths Are Going Down are shrinking or improving, something along those lines, right? Essentially saying that uh, what we're seeing is that most recent study came out and it says like, hey, uh, the disparity between cancers amongst whites and non-whites is getting better. And, you know, everyone's kind of jumping up for joy because the numbers look great. I think 
I saw this on CNN, I saw this on NPR, ABC, a few of the major news websites were kind of running with it. And uh, what actually occurred is a recent study that came out, uh, essentially kind of sponsored by the American Cancer Society, uh, which kind which looks at the rate of incidence, which is how often does it occur in deaths of cancer every three or four years, right? And it does that one to make sure that they're actually doing the right thing, especially when it comes to their health promotion, some of the things that they kind of recommend. And two, to really just get a, a broad picture and a good outlook on see what's going on like right now for the most part. So what it did is it, it released the study. Study came out and everyone's kind of running for joy and happy. They're like, hey, we're doing better. We're doing better. And, you know, here I go again because that's just what I do, especially when I when I see these types of news. The pessimistic person in me is like, wow, like should we really be happy that the number of deaths and the incidence of cancer is getting better, but not even, right? Like, should we really be that happy? I think this is me, the the public health in me kind of coming out. And, and I've, I've talked about this kind of analogy before. In medicine, we know that to have something of like a clin- clinical significance you really just need about 25, 20 to 20 to 25% improvement for that to be a clinically significant uh, thing in medicine. But the public health side of me says, hey, you know what? If we can get people to wash their hands, you know what? Maybe we can, you know, stop the spread of disease forever, right? Like that's the, 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 the benchmark that the public health in me I usually relies on when we're talking about these studies and when we're talking about these inventions when when they talk about improvement. So yes, I am happy, right? I am happy that it is getting better. Uh, just like the uh, title of the podcast ever showed um, kind of details, I'm happy that it's getting better, but we're still not even yet. And if we're not even, like how can we really be happy? And it's difficult to get to the goal, right? Especially if the goal is to get even, which it should, right? If the the goal is to get even, we have to be able to address and talk about the factors that, one, caused it so that the numbers were so skewed in the first place. And looking forward to uh, will help us get to that 50%, get it, then you have another 50% rate, just essentially just an equal um, factor, right? So I do want to talk about the study a little bit. Uh, you will have it in the show notes. So I do, I'm going to talk a little bit about the study. I just want to, you know, kind of get everyone in the mindset, especially before we start delving in and talking about what I feel is some of the biggest issues and even uh, the, the authors kind of state that as well. So just to kind of, kind of sh- show where we're starting out, right? In the United States, right here in the U.S., if you are black, Right. If you are black, African-American, um, not only do you have a higher chance of getting cancer, right? Like you have a higher chance of getting cancer, but you also have a worse chance of surviving that cancer. So I, 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 want, I want us to kind of put that in perspective. So if I am diagnosed with a certain disease as a group, and even though I'm diagnosed it more often and more frequently, I'm still, I still don't have the opportunity to get better from it. 
and there's there's quite a few reasons why and we'll, we will address uh, that later but uh, I, I want you guys to kind of think about uh, the, the premise that's kind of uh, happening at this moment here so when they when the study came out it looked at essentially the rates of uh, cancer incidents in men and women and black men and black women white men and white women and it what it showed is that uh, overall, in the past three years, right? Overall, um, it, it's noticed a decrease in just the overall rate of cancer uh, when when they try to compare, right? Black men uh, overall rate of cancer was about two point four percent versus white men, which ended up being about close to about one point seven percent, which again, unfortunately, is better. Um, but in women, it, it essentially stayed the same when they were looking at prior years beforehand. We've seen within this study that the big reason for the amount of improvement is, a, 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 I guess, a better screening and better diagnosis and better treatment of patients with lung cancer. They've seen that lung cancer was a huge driver in these numbers. And so once approving uh, our statistics associated with lung cancer, uh, that that's have seemed to have driven the numbers better, right? And lots of different reasons, right? Again, if you're, unless you're under a rock and you don't know, um, there's a lot of different campaigns associated with a decreased smoking, uh, you know, get smoking away from the kids. There's a lot of different things that happen that used to happen before. It can't happen now. Like people just kind of um, openly uh, advertising to kids and openly advertising whenever they wanted and saying whatever they wanted. They can't do that anymore. Uh, one, because they've been sued a lot um, and they don't want to get sued. So, you know, there's a lot of different restrictions, especially here in the United States. I want to say here in the United States because they don't have the restrictions elsewhere. And that's where a lot of them are making the money, which is a whole other discussion. But uh, because of the restrictions they have here in the United States, uh, they can't advertise as well, so less people are smoking cigarettes. And if less people are smoking cigarettes, we know lung cancer. When it comes to lung cancer, cigarette smoking is a huge determinant. So if you have less people um, partaking in the activity that would make you at a higher chance of having lung cancer, you're going to have less people with lung cancer. And it's important, right? And it's really important kind of across the board. Because we already know, unfortunately, in society, if you're black, right? If you're black and you get a cancer, your rate of surviving that cancer is lower than someone who is white with the same characteristics, same blood pressure, same uh, diabetes, diagnosis, like same everything, but they happen to be white. We know that the uh, treatment course is better uh, for them, right? So that's something um, we, we really have to think about. So, and then just kind of going back in time, right, especially when a lot of this study started, uh, the overall death, right? So we, we talked about how many people are getting it, right? So the overall death and um, death rates in blacks compared to whites. In 1990, 1990, almost 50% of the people, black men, right? Uh, I'm sorry, yes, uh, yeah, black men. Uh, over, uh, almost 50% of the people, approximately like 47, 48% of people who... Uh, suffered from cancer, died from cancer. That number has dropped to about 19% here in 2016, right? But think about how crazy that is. In 1990, right? In 1990, if you got cancer, you almost had a 50% chance that you were not going to make it. 
right? Because of that cancer, right? And that's and that's terrible. That's actually scary uh, for for the most part. Um, we know in women uh, that number in 1990 was about 19 percent, and that's improved to about 13 percent. So it hasn't made the drastic drop uh, that uh, black men had to make, but it also wasn't as severely uh, off uh, because of it. Uh, this study also showed that for men over the uh, age of 50 and women over the age of 70, the disparities are essentially even, right? So this this article initially alluded like, hey, race, racial disparities uh, in the U.S. for cancer are getting better. It's not even, uh, but it is getting better. But we know when we break it down at certain ages that it actually does, it is pretty even. And uh, I want you guys to think about it, uh, especially for, like, for example, if we're thinking about the men, right? Like, why is it that a black man, white man, um, you know, after they hit the age of 50, uh, their rates of cancer are essentially the same? And one, they usually get much more frequent checkups, right? Especially when we're talking about the uh, black patient, right? Probably going to get much more frequent checkups. Um, by that time, they're getting their colonoscopies. They're doing a lot of different things that they may not have done when they're in their 30s and 40s, which can skew these numbers as it is. So uh, we, we see that improvement there as far as the, the disparity uh, amongst women and men, especially white men and white women, black men and black women, um, depending on their age. And women... Uh, you see that, you know, for men, once they get 50, they're about even, but for women, uh, they have to go a long way, right? So about 70 years old, and there's quite a different, uh, quite a few factors kind of associated with that. But the first and foremost, um, what most women don't uh, know, right, or most people in general don't know, is that women who uh, go through menstrual cycle, men, women who, and those are usually your, your, your pre-menstrual uh, patients, right? So women who go through their menstrual cycles and they have their hormones, um, those hormones are actually cardioprotective, right? So they actually protect you against cardiovascular disease, heart attack, stroke. So um, they, they actually have great rates before they hit menopause. Now, what happens once they hit menopause, those numbers, uh, the, that protection is what I like to think about it, that protection drops. Right, so now that you have this protection that you used to have for about 20, 30 years, it suddenly drops. All of a sudden, now you're at risk for heart disease. Now you're at risk for diabetes. Now you're at risk for all of these different things, and of course, unfortunately, cancer. Right? Um, you know that by this time, you know you by the time you're 50, you're probably not doing too many um, Pap smears, and you, you know you're you're going to the doctor less. And so there's a lot of different cancers that kind of creep up on us uh, because of that. So the overarching theme, right, is the racial disparities are narrowing, right? Like that's really the overall theme. Um, they have different, different uh, criteria associated with it. Uh, you have people say like, hey, we're smoking less. And that's why the uh, cancer diagnosis is improving. Others are saying like, yes, we're, we're glad that you're smoking less, but you still need to go see the doctor, right? And that's going to kind of segue us into uh, the uh, portion of our podcast where we talk about just why, right? Because I think at the end of the day, right, we, we have to be able to answer the question why, because if you can't answer the question why, you're definitely not going to get to any solution, right? You're not going to be able to get to the solution 
if you don't know why something is a problem. Socioeconomic status, right? As I've talked about this, uh, you know, frequently and throughout the blog posts and throughout the podcast, um, I've talked about the importance of recognizing socioeconomic status when we're taking care of patients. As a hospital physician who trains residents, this is something I kind of have to get in their head a lot, right? Because in the hospital setting, you know, I say you want to take this medication, you take that medication, right? There isn't anything to necessarily think about. But in the outpatient setting, right, when you're getting, and we're not even going to include if they make it to the doctor's office, right? Because a lot of them don't. But if they're about to leave your hospital, you, you better, one, have a great game plan for them, and two, be able to explain all of the, the issues and concerns that are going on. From, from that standpoint there, you know, when we, when we talk about socioeconomic status, it may be easier for me to say, take this two medication here, go follow with your doctor. But if the pres- medication that I prescribe is ridiculously expensive, you're not going to pick that medication up. And if it's ridiculously expensive and you didn't pick that medication up, guess what? You're not going to go to your primary care office, right? So a lot of uh, moving parts, and this is just from the hospital side, um, the same thing could be done if we're talking about inpatient, um, I'm sorry, outpatient care. Same thing could be done when we're talking about working for the government. Um, when, when we're thinking about treatment regimens, we have to be very careful on what we recommend, how we recommend and we have to do it and say, hey, you know, what? I, I don't know if you're rich or not, but I want to make sure I take care of you to the best of my ability. Socioeconomic status is huge because, again, it's easy to say, oh, at 50, get your colonoscopy. But at 50, if you don't have insurance, you're likely not going to pay to get a colonoscopy. And here we are. So that's 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 one thing I think for sure. Um, we talked about the fact that less people are smoking, especially black, right? Less uh, people are smoking. And that's associated uh, with the uh, decline in cancer-related deaths, right? Because, again, if you can prevent the cancer from happening, then you can prevent yourself dying from the cancer. When we, we talk about, um, you know, what, what a study like this means. So a study, again, kind of uh, recap, you know, it shows that uh, the four main cancers that there are, right, the four main cancers that there are, seem to be declining, and we think it's due to the fact that less people are smoking. Right? We think it's due to the fact that we're giving more people opportunities to see a physician before they have to go see somebody in the hospital. Right? We think a lot of that uh, is tend to occur. But we also need to know that being poor is still a death sentence. We know that poor women are dying twice as many deaths from cervical cancer than women who are not poor, right? We know that a love, lung and liver cancer mortality is 40% higher in um, men who are poor and poor socioeconomic backgrounds than men who are not, right? So we, we have to make sure we, we are overstating the fact, right? We have, because I think it's being understated, unfortunately, right? Uh, we, we have to note that, like, yes, it's great that disparities are getting better, um, but are they really getting better because we're screening more? Or are they really getting better is because we're, uh, you know, making sure that we're raising uh, the floor, right? We're raising the floor as much as we can to say, like, hey, yes, we know you may not be an affluent person, but you still have the right to get 
uh, adequate health care, right? You still have the right to get your screenings and your colonoscopies and all these other things here, right? We, ha we have to be able to really address uh, those factors, right? Because um, it is great uh, to be screening more, but we have to talk about how important it is to talk about the economic status associated with medicine. My, you know, just a, you know, pivot uh, for my diabetic patients. Uh, when you're a diabetic, if you don't have insurance, there are certain medications I give you. If you have insurance, there's certain medications I give you. The reason being is because I know that if I give the wrong medication, you won't take anything because it's too expensive. Right? Same thing with these cancer screenings and these cancer deaths, right? Uh, I, I alluded in the beginning, uh, not only were uh, we more prone to get cancer, but we were more prone to die from that cancer. A big reason being was that, yes, if you don't diagnose my cancer to a later stage, I already have you know, a lower chance of survival. And then if the person who's treating me doesn't treat me as aggressively as they would, my white counterpart, yes, I don't have a good chance for survival. Um, so we, we have to be really hitting home uh, the fact that uh, the, to screen is great, right? To, to recognize is great. To be able to uplift and uh, raise a floor is great. All of these things will help us get to that time when I can read an article and say, hey, you know what? It's neck and neck as far as the racial uh, disparities in regards to cancer diagnosis, right? Like I can't really tell the difference, right? We want to get there um, and we don't want to have to get there if you're a man by the time you get 50 or if you're a woman by the time you get 70, right? We don't have to wait that long, right? We want to make sure everything is in place so uh, I can be of a 40-year-old male and have the same risk as a 40-year-old white male, right? Like I should be able to have the opportunity uh, because it's my right. So that's uh, the end of this week's episode. Again, I just want to kind of recap. Uh, we are talking about some, you know, quote unquote, great news as far as the fact that cancer deaths are uh, on the downslope, right? And cancer diagnosis is on the downslope, especially in the uh, black and African-American community. Uh, but we have to recognize there's a reason that it was so high in the beginning, right? There's a reason why uh, the numbers were drastically, you know, 47% in 1990 down to 19%, and we're happy that it's down to 19%, right? Like, that's something we, we need to continuously work on, and I think as a patient advocate, um, especially for one who uh, used to predominantly take care of a lot of African-American patients, um, you know, these types of stories hit home because not for what the story is telling me, but what the story is not telling me. You guys have a great and blessed day again. Thank you for listening to the Lunch Learn with Dr. Barry. I'm going to see you guys next week.